feeling good about this service already. I mean, the announcements were fun, so I know. Hey, um, so so you got you got a pen, and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, take it because half of you have already done it, and it, like half of you already like stuff. Have you? I saw some of y'all going around to other chairs, and um, there's not that many, but like picking up extra. Seriously, you can take these. Um, we'll get some more, and then we'll return them. But if you want this, you, if you don't want it, um, throw it on eBay. I don't know. It might. It, you might. You might can make some money. But anyway, this is the pen. And then we have the fill in the blank. How many of y'all see? You love these fill in the blank outlines. Yeah. The rest of the people, you're no fun. Um, but but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great day. So you can keep the pen, and and hopefully you'll participate by filling in the outline. We live in a time of uncertainty, uh, and all of us know that. There's more uncertainty in the world than there's ever been. Um, when it comes to politics, we've never been more politically uncertain of what party is going to say what about who, who's going to say what, who's going to get caught doing this, who's going to get caught doing that, what's the president going to tweet this week, what's he going to tweet today, like is, it, is, the, is there going to be a war with Iran, there's all sorts of things going on, and we're just kind of uncertain politically where we stand on most days. I wake up every morning, open up my computer, and, and I'm just kind of curious, like, what went crazy in the world last night? Because we live in times of uncertainty. Um, I turned 40 several years ago, and I'm experiencing what I call physical uncertainty. Now, for those of you that hadn't hit 40 yet, you'll, you'll get there one day, and you remember when you were you remember when you were a kid and you can go out and ride a bike all day and you never got sore? Like you never got sore, right? <laughs> I went bike riding with some friends a few months ago. 15 minutes into the bike ride, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Every, everything hurts. Like everything hurts. How are you going to get home? I'm like, Uber, baby. I got, I got Uber and Uber finally came to South Carolina. I'm so excited about it. Um, but like there's physical uncertainty and there's, there's spiritual uncertainty. Like, I, and I've just kind of surveyed, over this, and I've watched this especially the past two weeks, where certain people say, if you are a Christian, you have to believe this way, you have to think this way, these are the things you can do, these are the things you can't do. And in a lot of the categories, I was like, oh, dear God, I must not be a Christian. Um, because there was one guy that said, if you play video games more than you read your Bible, you're not a Christian. I'm like, well, all millennials are going to hell then because, I mean, and I'm not blaming you because, listen, I, every once in a while, every once in a while, just, just confession, I got Tetris on my iPad. I know that's an old school game, but if I get into it, like the sermon next week is going to suck because, but I will dominate Tetris, right? Um, or if you, you know, uh, other things that create spiritual uncertainty is like, oh, if you're a, a Christian, wouldn't do that. A Christian wouldn't say that. A Christian wouldn't go there. Um, a Christian wouldn't go to that movie. Uh, oh, you, oh, oh, let me see your playlist. And I can tell how much you love Jesus. Have you, have, you, have you ever been there with those people? You don't want to see my playlist. Anyway, so there's all kinds of uncertainty in, in the world. So with all that in mind and, and, and the spiritual uncertainty that we deal with, I want to ask you a question. And once again, don't leave today feeling judged because I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to ask you to judge you. All right, here we go, here we go. At the very top of your outline, there's a scale from one to 10. So on a scale from one to 10, how certain are you 
that you have a relationship with God through Jesus and that you'll go to heaven when you die. So, so like, are you like a 10? Are it like, I'm absolutely certain. Or you're like, there, I know I'm not a Christian. Or you're like, okay, you're an eight. You're like, maybe, maybe I am. But then there was spring break. <laughs> or, or there was last night, which is why you're at the 11.15, because you're too hungover to come to 9.15. Like, like, I don't, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. You, you circle where you think you are in regards to this is how certain I am that I have a relationship with God through Jesus and that I'll go to heaven when I die. You just circle, you just circle the number. Where you think you, there's not a right or wrong. I'm not going to do a gotcha on anybody. I'm not going to ask anybody to get up and share their number. I'm just asking you. Because I, and I, but what I am going to do is I'm going to tell you that on this scale right here, I'm a 10. I'm a, I'm a solid 10. Solid. If there was an 11, I would put myself there. And it's not because I'm awesome. I swear to God it's not because I'm awesome. <laughs> I was talking to somebody recently. They had no idea who I was, which was awesome. And, and they were like, we were kind of going, I said, I'm Perry. And we were on the phone, and they are like, well, I've never heard of you. And I was like, Google me. Um, they called me back 10 minutes later and went, oh, my God. I was like, I know. I know. <laughs> Welcome to my world. That's awesome. I, I was, she's not here in this service, so I can say that. I was talking to Karis the other day. I was like, baby, have you ever Googled daddy's name? She's like, no, sir. I said, don't. Don't. Just don't. Anyway, and some of you got out your phones right then and did it. Stop it. Anyway, I, I know that I'm a 10, but I'm not a, I'm not a 10 because I'm awesome. I'm a 10 because of the incredible, awesome, unbelievable, amazing grace of God. Grace really is amazing. I can't sing that song without getting all choked up, amazing grace. It absolutely does something in me. It does something to me, it, it, it's something I've never gotten over. So the reason that I know that I'm a 10 is not because of anything I've ever done. It's because of God's finished work through Jesus on the cross that paid for my sins and paid for your sins as well. This, this, is, this is how I know. This is how I know. This is how I know that I'm a 10. There was a guy named John, and John was the apostle of Jesus that lived the longest. And he writes this letter, and toward the end of the letter, John says something incredibly simple and profound at the same time. He said, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. That's pretty simple. If you have Jesus, you have life. Without Jesus, no life. And then he says this, he says, I have written, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. In other words, salvation is not something we have to guess about, wonder about. It's something that we can know so that you can know that you have eternal life. There was another guy in the Bible named Paul. And if you could get to heaven by being good, Paul would have been at the front of the line. I mean, Paul... Paul, when, it came, when it comes to being good, Paul would roll all of us up and smoke us, all right? Are we tracking? Got that, second chance. Um, but Paul said, Paul said this, Paul said this, and this is amazing that somebody who, who did as many righteous things as Paul would say this. He said in Ephesians chapter 2, for it is by grace you have been saved. Grace. 
all of us. It's, been, it's by grace. I don't care if you were born in a bar or you were born in a church on the altar. The first words out of your mouth was the Lord's Supper, and you got served communion as your first meal. All of us need this thing that Paul talks about called grace, for it is by grace you have been saved. He's talking to everybody in the church. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now, something's not a gift unless we what? Receive it. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Salvation is not about, I'm so awesome, God saved me. Salvation is about, I saved me, or God saved me, God must be awesome. So, so we're going to go through, we're going to go through grace, and some of you, some of you, because I would do this, I'm not judging you, some of you have already tried to guess the blanks, but I put these together with you in mind so that you can't guess what they are. Here we go. The letter G stands for good. We're going to break down grace. The letter G stands for good. Now, I'm not judging. I'm just asking. How many people in this room, if you knew you could get away with it, would speed on a consistent basis? Raise your hand. Come on. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> How many of you just do it anyway? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's great. You're breaking the law. Breaking the law. Mm -hmm. How many of you? How many of you have ever, ever, ever lied your way out of a situation? Raise your hands. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Get, no, get your hands up. You've been to the DMV. Right? How much do you? They should put a scale at the DMV and then take 10 pounds of it because that's what all of us say anyway, right? <laughs> How many of you, if you knew, if you knew, 915 wasn't this honest, but, but I, I just need to know. If you knew you could steal something and get away with it, how many of you would do it? Come on, raise your hand. Oh, come on, come on. A car, a purse, my, my hand's up. That's the only way I'd ever get like a Maserati or anything right there if I stole it. When they say drive it like you stole it, wouldn't be a problem. All, all I'm trying to prove is if we've lied, if we would speed, if we've done some of the things that we've done, at the end of the day, when I talk to people and say, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? Um, one of the most common answers I get is, well, I'm a good person. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm not a good person. I've never met a truly, truly, I mean, if we're going to talk about morality and like being awesome and ethical, all of us, all of us have skeletons in the closet. Some of us have a graveyard. So, so I'm going to ask you to do something in, in just a second. I'm going to ask you to, on a scale from 1 to 10, that next scale, rank where you think you are on being good. Now, before you put anything down, I don't, because a lot of you are like, oh, compared to my drunk, uh, my brother-in-law, I'm a awesome, I'm, we're not comparing to your brother-in-law. I'm, I'm going to, I want to just show you a couple people and tell you where I think they would probably fall on this scale. One of the most influential people um, in regards to Christianity is Billy Graham. Amen. This man, I, I, was, I was reading like over 2 million people prayed to receive Christ under his ministry. This, it was unbelievable, the, the influence, the, the positive influence this man had for Jesus. But in a lot of his writings and in, in a lot of his interviews, Billy Graham 
was very, very, very upfront about how, hey, I have struggles, I wrestle, I have temptations, I have fears, I have doubts. And if you were to ask Billy Graham to place him, and you were to get some people around him that knew him very well, because he's a very humble man, um, he would probably he would probably put himself at like an eight. And then, and then one of the people that I'm absolutely fascinated with because I think she's done more, she did more and received less attention than just about anybody was Mother Teresa. And if you don't know about Mother Teresa, you should just Google her and read about her. She absolutely was the hands and feet of Jesus to the poor and the underserved in the streets of Calcutta. And she, she made a significant, significant difference in the world for Jesus. But in some of her memoirs, she writes about her fears. She writes about her doubts. She writes about her struggles and disbelief. And if you were to get Mother Teresa to put herself somewhere on that scale, I think she would probably, with, and, and get the people around her, because she was, once again, she was very humble. She'd maybe say, seven. Now, me, I'm a solid four. And a half. I mean, I'm four and a half. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what day. It depends on what day. Um, I, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, I'm I'm not a real good person when it comes to like what I think and what I want. Sometimes when somebody cuts me off in traffic and what I want to say and I wish I had a tank and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, salvation does not depend on our goodness. Because, it, because listen, here's, here's the good news and the bad news. The bad news is if you're not a 10, you're not in. But the good news is that we don't have to depend on our righteousness. When we pray to receive Christ, it's his righteousness that comes into us that no matter what we've done, we go from here to here simply because of God's amazing grace to us. It's so good. It's so good. Which leads to the letter R. The letter R stands for received. We already kind of alluded to this a little bit. Grace is received. Really quick survey because I like to know who I got in the room. How many introverts do I have in the room? Introvert? Yeah, we all raise our hands like this. If you notice that, it's like, I'm going to know what to do with my hands. Anyway, I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. How many extroverts in the room? Yeah, those hands go straight up. I, I love people like you, but I'm not like you. I am an introvert. And I say that a lot because people go, oh, you're not an introvert when you preach. Okay, I practice this for 10 hours a week. So, but when I get off stage, I'm like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I, 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 li- I'm, I don't, and so because of that, it's made my life very interesting. So when I get on airplanes, um, I don't talk to people. I don't want to talk to people. I don't have a, I led somebody to Christ on an airplane story. You know why? Because I don't want to talk to the person next to me. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what they're doing. And if they're chatty, if they're chatty, I'll start coughing. I'll just make myself cough on them. <laughs> Y'all think I'm making this up. I do. So I have earphones on when I get on an airplane, and I, and I fly first class most of the time, and I'm not ashamed of that because I'm six foot six. I rack up some points on the, on the card, and coach was made for Oompa Loompas, and I can't, I'm six six. I can't fit in there, right? So I'm sitting in a first class seat. You can't make this up, 
and I'm reading a book, but I got earphones in um, to throw the person off next to me. And I'm reading this book, and <laughs> it was so crazy, because I'm reading a story about a man sitting in a first-class seat on an airplane. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of cool. And he's telling the story about how he got on this airplane, he sits down in first class, and they brought him his drink, and he's just kind of sitting there, and he kind of looks up, and he sees this woman, and the, the line on the plane had kind of come to a, a stop because people were getting the, the, putting their luggage in the overhead thing. And he sees this woman, and she obviously is distraught. She's been weeping. Her clothes looked like they, they didn't really fit good on her. They were too big, and maybe she had, she had some issues. And he said his heart just went out to this lady, and, and he said, ma'am, is everything okay? And she just started weeping, and she said, no, sir. She said, um, I'm going to my mother's funeral. She died, and, and I didn't have enough money for an airplane ticket. My friends got me this ticket, and so I'm going to go to the funeral. And he said the Lord spoke to his heart, and he got up out of his seat. And he said, ma'am, why don't you take my seat? And he took her coach ticket, and she just broke down. She's like, there's no way. She's like, there's no way I can afford this. He goes, no, 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 I'm not asking you to pay for it. He said, I just want you to have it. And it was like, it was just a snapshot. It was just a snapshot of what grace really does look like when, you, when somebody gets something they don't deserve. Now, here's what was funny. I got done reading that story, and I looked up, and there was a dude standing there, and he, he looked rough. He looked like he had had some issues. I mean, he just looked rattled. I didn't give him my seat. I, 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 that, that, that's, that would have been a great story, but I listen, don't judge me. I told y'all I was a four and a half. I'm not a seven. He didn't get my seat. But at the end of the day, that's what grace is. It's not something that we achieve. It's something that we receive. It's all we've got to do is receive. It's not something I've had people tell me, I'm going to get my life cleaned up and then come to Christ. My friend, we don't clean our life up before we come to Christ. In fact, we can't clean our life up. Jesus cleans us up when he comes into our lives. So grace, at the end of the day, is received. The letter A stands for all. All. I was, um, every once in a while, when I get bored, different people do things when they get bored, I watch YouTube clips. And I, I've got some fascinating ones. But this week I got, I got hung up because I talked about her last week on, on Oprah. And I, I went through and watched a bunch of o Oprah's Favorite Things show. Have you ever seen Oprah's Favorite Things? It's when she just gives stuff away. And, and when, when she goes, hello, well, you know, today's going to be a special episode. It's going to be my favorite things. What, is, what does the audience do? They lose their freaking mind. They're like, ah! Like grown men crying, and Oprah's like, you get a car, and you get a car. And that's kind of like that today here at Second Chance. You get a pen, and you get a pen, and you get a pen. <laughs> I'm broke, so that's all I got. But, but when that happens, when Oprah announces this is her favorite things, everybody goes crazy. Everybody's getting excited. Everybody's going nuts. You know why? Because they know that Oprah has the ability to bless them with something that they do not have. 
And there's all kind of people in the audience. There's rich people. There's poor people. There's people of different economic backgrounds. There's people of different color. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they are in the room. And because of the power of Oprah, they're walking away with something that they didn't have. Now, why in the world would we believe in the power of Oprah and doubt the power of God? Because at the end of the day, God's got some favorite things, and it's called you, and it's called me, and God wants to save us and bring us to eternity with him. And the only people that are qualified for salvation are everybody on the planet. The, the, Bible, says, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. That means you. Uh, whoa, 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 hold on. Hold on. I didn't say go into the list. I just said, <laughs> so number one, number two. For all have sinned. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we all need Jesus. But Jesus is only available for all. Which leads, which leads to my next point. My next point is letter C, it's a choice. Oh, I love seeing everybody's head go down. Y'all writing that down. Choice, choice. Um, I, I prayed to receive Christ on May the 27th, 1990. That's the day I said yes to Jesus. It's, we're, coming up, we're coming up on, Siri, get, I am not talking to you. Um. It's like eight eight days from now. It's like I've been saved for like what twenty nine years. It's a it's, but it was a choice. I, I know where I was, um, and and let me tell you something. Salvation is your choice. It's not your mom's choice. It's not your dad's choice. And the reason I say that is because when I was five years old, somebody tried to make that choice for me. I don't know if you ever had this experience. It was the late 1970s. I was going to an independent Baptist church. Nothing against independent Baptist. You're like, what if they're watching? None of them are aware of technology. So I'm <laughs> not concerned. <laughs> independent Baptist and Alabama fans. So anyway, there's, there's, oh, it got, it got personal right there, didn't it? I did say salvation was for all. <laughs> but I went to an independent Baptist church, and that night, Preacher Jim, that's what we, everybody called him, Preacher Jim. Preacher Jim was huge. He was like 350 pounds, just and mad, angry, red-faced, hated Elvis, hated Elvis. <laughs> so one night, he had, he had gone off on Elvis. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And, uh, and, and then... It was one of those old school churches. I don't know if you've ever been in this where they used to do the altar call where people come forward and prayed. I don't know if y'all have ever been there. Some people are like, we need to bring that back. No, we don't. No, we don't. Because there was always that one person that would go forward and pray for 45 minutes, and we had to sing the whole time they prayed. And I'm like, could y'all just, could you get with God and work that out on your own? Because I got to get to Ryan's. Anyway, <laughs> they're bankrupt now, so it's not a big deal. But I remember going to the altar one night because they did the altar call. And in, the, in, in that church, like, they had everybody come forward. If, if you sinned this week, come forward. If you had a bad thought this week, come forward. If you're breathing, come forward. Like, everybody was at the altar. And I got down to the altar that night, 
and preacher Jim, like I wasn't there but a few seconds, and I, was, I wasn't there to pray. I was just there because my uncle went up, and he needed it more than me. Trust me. I knew my uncle. My, and my preacher came down, and he put his hands more like his paw, just like right there. And he breathed. You ever had somebody talk in your ear, and their breath is just hot? And he's like, boy, you want to get saved. I thought he meant from him. So I started crying. I was like, yes, sir, I do. <laughs> I thought I was in trouble. And he stood up and he said, this boy wants to get saved. And he, and he leaned down and he told me to say these words. And I said the words. I said what he told me to say because I didn't know. And, it's, and as soon as I was done saying them, he literally picks me up with one hand and pulls me up on stage with him and said, this boy is going to heaven. And I'm like, because you scared the hell out of me. I am. I'm in. I am, I am there. So that was my salvation experience. And I've learned, you can, you can lead kids sometimes. Hey, listen, listen, I just got a question for you. I know you're, I know you're three, but do you want to burn in hell forever? You don't? We'll pray this prayer. Oh, and then like that, that we can do that. That scares people. We, so at the end of the day, I went through life thinking, well, I had prayed this really, I didn't know anything about grace or forgiveness or God's love or anything. So on May 27, 1990, I was sitting in a youth choir getting ready to go on a mission trip. We were singing a song called, Do I Trust You, Lord? And as I'm singing that song, God spoke to me and said, you can't trust me because you don't know me. So I nailed it down. I was like, you know what? Life's too short to screw around. And this is a decision I'm not going to wonder about. I want Jesus in my life. Now... Since 1990, I have not been a walking example of a saint. But even though there have been times that I've turned my back on him, he has never turned his back on me. Amen. Salvation is a choice. Last but not least, there, how, many of you, how many of you honestly remember your first little boyfriend or girlfriend? Come on, raise your hand. You're not sitting with him right now. Some of you are like, oh, baby, you're the, no, 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 you're at the skating rink and, and, or, or whatever. And we had songs. We had songs that just drew our hearts together. I call them make-out songs, right? Songs like this. Who can name the song? Who can name the song? Go ahead, go ahead. Never say good. Some of you are like millennials, and you're like, what is that on the screen? This is Bon Jovi. Get your heart right. You, some of you are like, well, I wasn't really a Bon Jovi person. I didn't really make out of that song. But, but you did to this one. I learned that on the piano just, just, because, just because I could, and that's the, all I can play, really. Some of you are like, yeah, that journey doesn't really do it for me. Well, check your heart. <laughs> if journey didn't do it for you and Bon Jovi didn't do it for you, then...
How can you not love some Whitney? I got a couple text messages. So. <laughs> Y'all think I'm kidding. People text me when I preach all the time. We, we would sing or write poems or, or whatever about loving somebody forever. But, but that first person or that second person or that third person, like they broke our hearts. And we have a problem believing in unconditional love. We really do. But the good news about grace is grace is eternal. Eternal. Like, like salvation, salvation's always, all, like once you pray to receive Christ, you have a relationship with him. You know when this, you know when this, you know when this really got me is when Karis was born. And if, if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you held that baby for the first time and you just told yourself, there's nothing in the world this kid could ever do to make me stop loving them. And for the next 18 years, they pushed those boundaries. They tested that theory, didn't they? But listen, even though Karis, even though the fellowship at some times in the future, it, it could go crazy. The relationship will never change. And when we enter into a relationship with God, it is eternal. It's not something, and the reason I say this is because there's some people that are just not sure where you stand with Jesus. And so you, you quote, unquote, say that prayer every week just to make sure. And if you do that, I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad or I'm not judging you. I'm telling you. You can know for a fact. It's not something you have to keep coming back to. You don't have to keep getting saved every week or month or year. You can nail it down. Because at the end of the day, well, Perry, I've prayed to receive Christ, but I've done something wrong. Well, of course you have. You're human. But Paul writes that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No condemnation. Now, if you're a parent, how do you feel about somebody messing with your child? Like you want to, you want to put me on another level? Just say you don't even have to. Me- just say something about her, and and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my job again. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's it's. It's going to, actually, I would probably get a promotion here, but like I, I would, like it would be a problem if you say something or do something to my child. Now, if that's how I feel about my child, how does God feel about his children? It, when, when people start talking or, or the enemy starts talking junk, at the end of the day, if you are in Christ, what you did is not who you are. You are not that sin that the world or other people has tried to label. You are unconditionally loved, radically accepted, and Jesus Christ, when he saves you, he power washes your soul and makes you into a brand new person. And I don't know where you stand with Jesus, but I know where you can stand with Jesus because at the end of the day, it all comes down to us making the decision whether or not we're going to say yes. And there are people in this room that you have said yes to Jesus. 
Jesus Christ lives in you. And listen, you know it. You wouldn't claim to be perfect, but you know Jesus lives in you because you've said yes. And there's others of us, you just don't know. You've never prayed to receive Christ. Are you, you, you're just so uncertain. And we put today, we put today in place just for you. So you could know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have a relationship. So go all the way back to that very first so you could know you're a 10. So with that in mind, can we bow our heads and close our eyes? And if you're a Christian right now, if you know you're a Christian, that Jesus lives in your heart, just say thank you. I mean, just thank him. Just say thank you for my salvation. When's the last time you said thank you for saving me? But if you're here and you don't know Christ, you've never said yes, and you want to nail it down today, then right where you sit right now, I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus. Just in your heart, you can just pray this prayer, and I want you to pray it with me. In your heart, you just pray, Jesus Christ, right now, I say yes to you. I give you my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now, a head still bowed and eyes still closed all over this room. If you just prayed to receive Christ, I just want you to look up at me for a second. I'm not going to call you out or anything. I'm not going to make anything weird. I want you to remember this day for the rest of your life. I want you to remember 5-19-2019 is the day that you said yes to Jesus. And so in just a second, I'm going to ask you to do something because this sheet of paper right here, we've... We've perforated the bottom where you can tear it off and these yeses tear in two and we want you to keep one but during the invitation with the other one I want you to in just a second walk forward and lay it at the cross because I want here's why I want you to remember this day, I want you to remember physically laying your yes down, saying, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. If you prayed that prayer, listen, the decision to follow Jesus is a personal one, but it's not private. He asked us to go, to go public. And this is you going, yes, Jesus, I'm going to lay my yes down. So would you stand with me? And Father, right now, I pray that everyone in this room that prayed to receive Christ, Jesus, that you would fill them with the courage, the courage, Jesus, to step forward and say, I said yes to Jesus. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you prayed to receive Christ, if you said yes, I want you to take your yes right now without even looking around and just come lay it at the cross on this stage. You just do it right now. Just do it. Just, just go. If you're online, if you're on Facebook, you just type in, yes, you pray to receive Christ. Or you can hit the hand raise emoji, whichever. But we had several people do it in the last service. We've got people moving right now. So if you pray to receive Christ, you come lay your yes down.
You come lay your yes down. You go ahead. You come lay your yes down. You come put your yes down. Yes, you prayed. Yes, you received Christ. You come lay your yes down. You come lay your yes down. If you prayed to receive Christ today, you come lay your yes down. Do it right now. Jesus, I thank you that you, you, you save people and you never leave us and you never forsake us and you're always with us. Father, I pray that as we leave today, we will leave thanking you, God, that when we cried out to you, you said yes. We love you, Jesus. And everybody that agreed said Amen. Hey, before you leave today, before you leave, if you want to talk with somebody about anything, maybe you're confused about your salvation, everybody's going to leave and go to my right, but you can just step to the left because we got care team volunteers that love to pray with you. And then next week, baptism. We're going to celebrate. It's going to be awesome. Y'all have a great week. God bless. We'll see you next Sunday.